How y'all doing? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. We are part of the Across the Board Sports Podcast family. I'd like to give a big shout out to our listeners. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Crumb. Mike, how are you? I'm doing good, man. I, I feel good. We we just got off the recording of the the other uh, the mock draft we're doing, and and I'm really excited about that series. That was a blast, and uh, unfortunately, we have to talk about bad playoff football. <laughs> <laughs> the reset's over, but Cromungeon playoff, Mike, still. Uh, yes, sir. I- uh, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of people agree with you about this playoff weekend, Mike. But before we get into playoff talk, let everybody know where they can find you out on Twitter. At CD Piglet, guys. Nice and easy. And, guys, I am Paul Ryan, and you can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. Well, Mike, you know, before we start talking football, we have to talk about one thing. Meatless Monday. Mike, what was on the menu today? I hate Meatless Monday today. I just get done with my reset. You know, yesterday was the last day, and today's the first day I can eat anything I want except want want. It's meatless yeah. Monday, but um, you know, I timed that out poorly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it's not too bad though. I've I've had Saturday. My uh, best friend who works at Shanghai, uh, she brought me um, uh, a couple of things that are meatless. One of them is one of my favorite things, a, a vegetarian mushu, and um, it's a bunch of stuff that you wrap in this tortilla and you serve it with plum sauce. And I've been dying to have that since uh, since you brought it. It's been sitting. I got a plate of it, and it's been sitting in my fridge waiting for me. And the minute we get off this podcast, I'm going and putting that in the oven and, and getting ready to eat. So that's going to be on the menu is the Mushu. You know, I, I hadn't tried Mushu until a couple of years ago. I, uh, I was dating this girl, and we went to this Chinese restaurant. She ordered it, and it was like a, you know, a, a Chinese uh Chinese taco or burrito, whatever you want to call it there. And man, that's one of the better dishes that not a lot of people talk about. I love it. Did Do you know which, did she get vegetarian chicken, pork? Uh, knowing her, I would imagine, I think she probably got chicken, but to, to say I remember exactly would be a lie. Pork's my favorite, but I was glad my friend was nice enough to get the vegetarian knowing that meatless Monday was going to be Monday. I'm going to say that that's mm-hmm. why I'm, Matter of fact, that's not even true because she got the order because somebody didn't want to come in without a mask. Uh, I'm not going to make this a political thing, but they didn't want to go in and you can't go into their restaurant. You know, it's California. You can't go without the mask. And they gave them crap over it. So they said, all right, then don't get your food. So they took the food and brought it home. So that it wasn't even a conscious choice. Somebody was nice enough to order a vegetarian mushu and it ended up I get to eat it now. So thank you, non-mask wearer. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, hey, I mean... That's kind of silly. You go all the way down there and you don't want to abide by the law. So you're just like stubborn enough to not even want to get your food. That doesn't make any sense. I know it's you look, it's just a political thing there. there there's the two sides of it. And we try not to, to get into it on here. Um, but if a place wants you to wear the mask and in California, it's like mandated, yeah. uh, you know, where I wear it when I go to the store to say Mart and it fogs up my glasses and nobody mm-hmm. likes it, but I'm doing it to help other people. So the person was politically just, you know, was one on that one side and, and didn't want to do it. And so he didn't get his food and he can go to another place and maybe they'll let him in without it. I don't know. Yeah. You know, Michael, I wanted to ask you, I know you just got done doing the reset and I really like those pictures you were sharing there. There was a, uh, looked like there was a sweet potato hash with some fresh kale there that, that looked really good. Uh, 
And then so you good. also took a picture one night of uh, it was like a stir fry vegetarian dish as well that looked really appetizing as well. But why why you've been doing this and also with the meatless Monday? Have you found that there's a a, a certain type of food, maybe a, a culture of food that really um, allows for creativity and good dishes while you're you know on the reset or even on meatless monday um i love the two my favorite foods probably asian um i think you know their their stuff is not healthy at all because the sauces they use is just it's just you know sesame oil is like three points a tablespoon and you got to use a lot of it you know so uh, they're my favorite maybe not health wise i also like mexican because Tacos, you can do. You've seen the cauliflower tacos that mm-hmm. I made. They're so good and they're spicy and yummy. You could do so much versatile stuff with um, with tacos. So I think they're the best. You know, if you want to do stuff with with um, with uh, pasta, Italian works right. too. But it, it isn't really Italian because they don't like that. When, when if you do all kinds of weird shit with their pasta, they don't like it. They want you to have pasta and mm-hmm. a sauce and put it on a plate and it and. They don't have it as a side dish. You don't put chicken on it. You don't put meat in it. You don't, all that's bullshit. They, they want pasta in their sauce and the pasta should be the star. So you're really kind of Americanizing their dish. So it's, it's hard to say Italian, but if you want to do pasta, like I took that prime rib from Christmas and made a horseradish cream sauce and served it with the prime Mm. rib. And so you, you can do a lot of different unique stuff, but I think, Mexican and Asian are the best for it. If you want to like fusion and, and do some creative stuff, they have the best. Yeah. You know, that's kind of surprising me there when you're talking about the, uh, the pastas. So I, I imagine that a traditional spaghetti would be, you know, of course the noodles and then marinara sauce, but of course the Americanized version is meat sauce. But however, again, a more traditional version is no meat in spaghetti. Yeah. If you go, if you try to like do chicken parm, at at chicken parmesan in like italy they'll be like what are you talking about the pasta is the dish you don't put a protein on it like the protein's a different dish that's your second Mm -hmm. course or something that when they do pasta dishes there it is the pasta whatever sauce you got on it and then you put extra cheese or herbs on it that is it that's the dish they don't want to know nothing about any meatballs that, that that weirdly, you know, you think spaghetti and meatballs. That's no, that's not their thing. Meatballs can be a, a different thing. You serve meatballs by itself with sauce. You can have a big ass mm-hmm. meatball, you know, but their, their, their pasta is pasta sauce. That's the, uh, that's the dish. You're, if you're ordering that, you're ordering that. They, they don't have all the other stuff on it. That's that's our fat asses that do that. Man, so I guess Olive Garden isn't as authentic as I once thought, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Weirdly, Taco Bell, not that authentic <laughs> either. Who, who would have thought? <laughs> oh, man. I, I remember I used to just crush Taco Bell as a kid, and now I, now I can eat it maybe once a month without my stomach being acting funny for three days. You know I'm snobby. I yeah, I can't eat Taco Bell, but I will say I will eat Olive Garden. Olive Garden's fine. Just don't like call it like you know authentic right. Italian food or anything. You'll get like laughed at and beat up by some. But you want to get me those soups from Olive Garden? Oh my god, yeah, hell dude. yeah, serve them up. I'm I'm all day. I ain't hating on them. They could be a, a friggin' sponsor for this podcast i'll, I'll eat that all yeah wh- whatever it, it's called weather here in texas and i drive by an olive garden i'm like man i could really go for a bowl of some of that toscana and some breadsticks right now 
Yep. But you know, we're going to we're going to piss off Anthony. We had better get on to the Honestly, dude, the playoffs are so bad, Anthony. Do you really wouldn't you really rather discuss more food? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Anthony, and plus you're going to get a, a special treat with our with our first episode of our new series as well. So don't don't uh, be too mad at Mike and I this week. Yeah, give us a break. I've been on a 10-day reset, man. I want to talk food. I want food so bad. I want pasta and pizza and everything. Yeah, you know, Mike, a credit to you for for toughing that out. And it sounds like you've got a really good dish to look forward to after the show. So let's get into it so you can enjoy that. All let's right, Mike. Recently, my wife gave me a question to use for the show. And so I thought we might try that again this week, uh, though this time I thought it might be something uh, we'll, we'll do moving forward. But instead of telling you which question is hers, I'm going to see if you can guess which one is hers by the end of the show. Okay. All right. So first question is, uh, what were your thoughts on the Rams and Packers game? Um, I thought Green Bay felt in control all Mm -hmm. game, Um, even though in the third quarter it was only one score, 25-18. In the first half, Green Bay had drives of 12 plays, 14 plays, 9 plays, and then a 5-play drive because Mm -hmm. the half ended. Like, they just owned the ball. That vaunted Rams defense was able to – hold them down points wise, but man, they were just driving on them all day and, and they wouldn't allow Rams offense to get into rhythm because they just couldn't get the ball enough. Um, so I, I thought that green Bay controlled the game. I, I never really thought Rams were in it, honestly. And I know it was 25, 18 at one point, but I, I just felt like green Bay owned mm-hmm. the first half. They were up two scores and they did enough to wear the Rams down and the Rams defense was good enough, but, I, I thought I thought Green Bay controlled it pretty well. Hey, Mike, I'm going to throw a curveball at you here. What were your thoughts on the way that Lafleur uh, used the Green Bay running backs? We saw a little bit of uh, Aaron Johnson there. He had a big game, and we saw Jamal Williams have be a key contributor as well. But then we we even saw AJ Dillon get some run in there. What, what are your thoughts on using a, a three three headed running back committee? Yeah, it's not bad. You know, the the I, I'm surprised by it because. Aaron, it's not like Aaron Jones had a big wor- workload, 1499 mm-hmm. and a touchdown, but 60 of it was exactly. on one play. So, you know, if you get 13, 13 yards for, or uh, 13 carries for 39 yards, you don't look so great. Uh, Williams had 12 for 65. That's not bad. But it was nice to see Dylan get some snaps in there. The, the truth is, Aaron Jones probably moved yeah. on from this uh, team after the year, when you have Williams and Dylan that you can go to, that's not so bad. You don't really, they're going to be smart enough to not mm-hmm. pay their running back um, because they have the guys that could do it behind them and should be fine. Um, I'm not saying either of them will be Aaron Jones, but when you have Aaron Rodgers, you'll be all right at running back. People are going to be so scared of the pass that you're going to be able to have open, uh, open lanes. So I think it's smart to get Dylan carries there. It was only six touches, you know, not not a ton, but you still get him the get him a taste of the playoffs and 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 get him some stuff in it. Maybe a, that propels him into next year, uh, which is not a bad play. I, I think it's smart. You know, Mike, this was my favorite game of the weekend and and the most exciting in my humble opinion. Uh, the first half really didn't make it feel like it was going to be a blowout. But McVay and the Rams made it interesting in the second half. You know, I'm kind of in agreement with what you said that just didn't seem like Green Bay really had any issues moving the ball. It was just kind of finishing those drives that is where the problem lied. And uh, like also, like you said, 
the Rams offense could never really get into a groove or get anything going. And they did make it interesting there in the third, but Aaron Rodgers and uh, Alan Lazard kind of, they, they hit for that one big play TD that seemed to be the, uh, the deal breaker there for them. And uh, overall, I just thought this was a a pretty um, impressive performance by the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, like I said, they seem to control it. Like that offense, man, it was it was humming, and they were playing a damn good defense. And you look and you look at the final score, and you see the you know they didn't they didn't go, uh, you know they got thirty two points on a on a defense that was that was shutting down people. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest. I would I would have liked to see what happened if Aaron Donald yeah. was fully healthy. I still think Green Bay wins, but man, he's so. You know, I got into it with uh, Dak Witten. Uh, not really into it because both guys are amazing. You know, not not like one's knocking the other. But he had Ramsey as the best defensive player. And I said, well, I think Ramsey's harder is more unique than any other corner. Like, he's more shut down, and you don't really have that anywhere else but him. But the best mm-hmm. player is Aaron Donald. And I think I think that the, they showed why in this game because Ramsey's not going to follow Devontae yeah. Adams around. So when they needed to, they just moved Devontae Adams away from him and, and went to him. You know, when Aaron Donald's in, there's no getting away from him. He he is affecting the game every play. And the first time he's limited, you know, it, it, Green Bay looks unstoppable. They just move up and down the field because they had to limit how much Donald could play. So I think if anything, this game cemented how much better Aaron Donald is than just anybody else in the league. And I, and I know Ramsey's there and TJ Watt is, is in that, you know, you know, hovering Mm -hmm. in that area. I wouldn't put him up there, but he's, he's around there. He's a contender for defensive player of the year. Um, You know, he's the best in the AFC. So, you know, they, there are guys, but Aaron Donald's just, he's rare. He's just so unique. Absolutely. I mean, if you, uh, I would imagine that every every team in the NFL, if they had a chance to have an Aaron Donald on their defense, they they would more than likely jump at that opportunity. Yeah, we we talk about needing a one technique, but if your three techniques, Aaron Donald, just stick Antoine Woods at the one technique, and you'll be all right because Aaron Donald's the guy taking right. the teams. Well, you know, Michael, we're going to talk about the Rams here. While we're talking about the Rams, is Jared Goff the answer at quarterback for the Rams? I don't believe Jared Goff. I, I don't think he's a great quarterback. Like he can't be the reason your team wins. Um, he's been to a Super Bowl. He could be like a him and a Jimmy G, where great defense, great running game, great play caller, and they win. But you look at it like great defense. Uh, Rams had a great defense. They were down a little from Aaron Donald, but for the year they had a great defense. Do they have a great play caller? Hell yeah, Sean McVay, killer. Uh, Cam Akers, he went for what 18 carries, 90 yards, and a touchdown. You know, we know that McVay can dial up running plays, so that's good. Did they make any mistakes? Nope, no turnovers, no fumbles. Uh, Goff didn't throw an interception, they still lost 18 to 32. So, you know, could, could if everything rolled right and broke right, and you didn't run into Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, and you somehow played Tampa Bay or the Saints or you know, mm-hmm. any of the other teams could golf have gotten them to a Super Bowl again. Yeah. I mean, or, but it would have been another thing like Jimmy G like if golf hits the right plays and your defense is great and you have a running game and your play caller can play up amazing stuff, then yeah, he can get you there. But if you run into Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, 
hell, maybe even the Bills. Do I think, you know, Jared Goff is good enough to win those games? Probably not. I'm not going to bank on it. Uh, you know, you paid him now. Is there a chance that, you know, if you keep your team good and things match up right, can you get to a Super Bowl? With Jared Goff, there's a very limited way you can win a Super Bowl. Very, very limited. So I'm going to say, no, he's not the answer. But with the caveat that if things broke right, could he win? Yeah, he could. But would I take a, like, if Dak Prescott got on their team, for example, to make it Cowboys related, because yeah. this is a Cowboys pod, they, they can beat Green Bay if, if they have Dak Prescott. They're just on a whole, he's on a whole nother level as a thrower and, and how he sees things then. And imagine Dak in a, in a offense like, like McVay's, like Moore is a young version of that, mm-hmm. but he's still learning. If he got into a Shanahan or, or McVay offense, whoa, man, yikes. Well, I look at it like this, Mike. Goff's career record is 42 and 27. Playoff record is 3 and 3. He's been to a Super Bowl and been to two Pro Bowls. You know, I'm not really sure what you can expect from a guy after five years. Uh, you know, I know that in 2019, LA lost some pieces on their O line. In 2020, we thought that LA was about to start a rebuild. And, you know, they go on to win nine games and win a playoff game against Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. For me, I'm not really ready to give up on Goff just yet. I still think that he is a franchise quarterback. I don't mind that. I, I I wouldn't get like they have them paid, you know, and they're they're drafting late. It's not like they have a better option. Like I said, they could win with him. I just he's not going to be yeah. the reason you win. And when you draft number, he was one or two. Wentz was two. He was one. When you draft one overall, you want a guy that he's yeah. why you're mm-hmm. winning it, you know. And he's he's that he's not. He's I I don't think he'd ever live up to the number mm-hmm. one overall pick. But I think, you you know, there's ways you could win with them with their defense and Sean McVay right. and Cam Akers. And, you know, they need Whitwork to come back or, or get a replacement at that left tackle and, and you know, be better in that area. But, uh, you know, he, he's not he's not ever going to live up to the number one pick. I don't believe he'll be that. But I don't I don't mind not giving up on him. There's ways you can win with him. He can make throws. He's just not going to be the reason. So you, you don't feel that when he made it to the Super Bowl that that he had um, already paid his, I guess if you want to call it, paid his due for the one one pick. No, I, he he made it. That's great, and you know, yeah, uh, and I guess if he did, you know, win the Super Bowl, you would say like, hey, he was number one pick and he won the Super Bowl. But I just feel like you know. Was Dilfer worth it? Was Dilfer a great quarterback because mm-hmm. they won one? You know, I don't think so. He was led by a great defense and a great running game. So, you know, to be in there, don't make mistakes. If he could do that, they're they're going to be good enough to win. But like I said, this game, no mistakes. Mm-hmm. The running game was good. The defense, the defense was okay. You know, it's twenty five eighteen. I I didn't think they were great, but mm-hmm. you know, Donald was limited. Um. I just don't see uh, uh, him being the guy there. He's like a Jimmy G. If Niners brought back Jimmy G, I'd understand it. You know, with the team they have, they just can't have a terrible quarterback and they're going to be in contention. But he's not going to be the reason you win. He'll be like the third, fourth thing you think of when you think about the team. uh, That's fair. Uh, You know, I I look at golf and I'm kind of, I agree with you. I know that if if things go right, you know, he, he's not going to really elevate 
uh, you know, I'm not sure, you know, I don't have those numbers in front of me. I don't know how many uh, comeback victories he's had or game winning drives he's had in his career, but I know that when he's got Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, you know, we saw what that offense looked like when he had the healthy Todd Gurley and the healthy offensive line. I mean, that that offense is pretty dynamic, but, you know, I'd have to agree. I, I'm not sure that he by himself could could win a Super Bowl or that he could do enough to to win that big playoff game if if he didn't have Cooper Cup and maybe like Aaron Donald and and, uh, you know, Sean McVay was calling a, a bad game. I just don't know if he if he has the ability to to win that when everything's not going right for him. I just I go through the team and I do this with a lot of quarterbacks. I think Dallas Cowboys, I think with Dak Prescott. Uh, Houston, even Deshaun Watson, uh, mm-hmm. Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, you know, um, uh, for a time there was Drew Brees and Tom Brady and the guys like that. I, I go through the, the Rams, I think Aaron Donald, then I think Ramsey, then, I, then he would be in the offensive mix. Like, what do you think Cooper cup and, and woods and acres and golf and that honestly, you think Whitworth because as the offensive line go, they kind of go, or mm-hmm. you think McVeigh when you think they're offense. So he's in the mix of like the, the around the fifth thing you think about when you think about the, the Rams and, and why they have success where you go green Bay, you think Aaron Rodgers and then who mm-hmm. like that Aaron right. Rodgers is who you think of, you know, if I, if I, if I go, uh, 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 you know, uh, Cowboys, you're going to go Dak Prescott. And then you, and then you like, well, was Zeke, good? Mm-hmm. you know, the offensive line is one that would be up there. But it almost all starts and goes with with Dak. So, you know, he's not that type of quarterback where he's the the guy you think of as the the person who's leading the team to wins. I think Herbert's going to end up being one of those guys. Boy, he looks good. Joe Burrow looks on Cincinnati. You think Joe Burrow before mm-hmm. anybody else already? That that's a scary. Yeah, guy. Mike, I would agree. That's a good way to look at it. When you think of a team, what player comes to mind immediately? And when you think about the Rams, I don't know if it's Jared Goff. You know, you'd probably even think maybe Sean McVay might right up there with Aaron Donald. When you think about the Rams, yeah, and and Ramsey, those are your three. So he's not even in the top three. You go mm-hmm. Donald McVay. Ramsey. Well, you know, another quarterback we're going to discuss, Mike, is Aaron Rodgers, and with the season that he's had. Has he entered the discussion as the best quarterback in the league? Well, you know, the the two is Rodgers and Mahomes. So this year, Rodgers has been the MVP. He's had less to work with. And they're both in their championship games. So maybe if they face off in the Super Bowl, maybe Mahomes beats them and, and you give them the nod. But I'd say if you're going right now, you know, COVID happened, the season ended. I think you got to give Rodgers the top spot. Mm-hmm. He was better this year, clearly, and working with less. Um, and they're the two. So it's not like I'm saying, like, you know, somebody had a great year and right. all of a sudden is into it. I mean, everybody's known Aaron Rodgers has been one of the greats every year. He's always up there. And Mahomes, since he's came in and been the main starter the last three years, has been the, the you know, mm-hmm. up there as one of the guys. So if they're the top two and Rodgers is getting the MVP this year, I think right now you got to give it to him unless Mahomes takes it away by by beating him in a Super Bowl and 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 even then you would go like well one has you know one has Devontae Adams who's a beast but then what you know the other one has Kelsey and and Tyree Kill and and Reed is a play caller who's a Super Bowl champion and has been to a billion championship games and and Watkins and McCole Hardman and and Bell's on that team 
where like you have Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. But past that, you don't, you know, Scan Scanling's not like exciting you anywhere, you know, on any other team. So yeah, I, I'd give Aaron Rodgers the nod with 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 Mahomes obviously as the guy if you take in youth and and going forward for 10 years, Mahomes easily the guy. But right now, this second, you got I'd give Rodgers the best. You know, Mike, I agree with you. I think he has as well. And maybe it's the offseason storyline that's clouding my vision of my vision a bit. But what he's done this year has, has put him in the conversation for me. And I know it's Mahomes and everybody else for a lot of people. Uh, I think there are some people who think uh, Rodgers over, is overrated. I know a couple of years ago when he was kind of having a, a down year, I started to wonder if maybe he was overrated. But seeing what he's done this year and saw what he saw what he did last year. I know the, the stats weren't really there. You know, the green Bay defense was really kind of the, uh, the story for green Bay success last year. But yeah, I think what Rogers seeing what he's doing this year has just reminded me how good he really is. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think it, the tier one was going into the year was Mahomes Rogers and Russell Wilson. And I think Russell Wilson had a stretch of games where he was in that range. But if you went right now, considering the ending and considering, I mean, Carson, DK Metcalf, TJ Lockett, not, not bad. Like, not like that cupboard's bare. Uh, I would say he has minimum as good as Aaron Rodgers, if not better, considering he's two wide Mm -hmm. receivers and a running back. Um, I would say uh, uh, that he's now, at just under them, that Mahomes Rogers would be tier one until we get into the next season and see what he does, and uh, and Rogers and Mahomes are the top guys. And I mean, you have to go right now. He won the MVP. He's in the same spot. He, he's doing it with less. So I, I give it to Th- talking about Aaron Rodgers. Where does his coach Matt Lafleur rank for you as far as head coaches go? I've got him in tier three. So tier one is Bill Belichick, obviously, uh, in no order. Uh, Mike Tomlin, uh, I would have up there. Uh, Sean Payton and Andy uh-huh. Reid, that would be my tier one. My tier two, I've got Carroll, Shanahan, Harbaugh. And then these guys are close, but I'm putting a little bit ahead because of their offensive brilliance. Uh-huh. Shanahan and McVay could easily be in tier three. Or maybe they're tier three by themselves, and then this next group is tier four. But in tier four, I've got uh, Arians, I've got Ron Rivera, I've got Vrabel, I've got Flores, and I've got LaFleur. So he would be in that tier for me. They haven't won yet, but you can tell they're, mm-hmm. they're solid quality coaches. But they don't have the, uh, the, the resume as the guys above them, where uh, Shanahan and McVay have at least both been to Super Bowls as well. Rivera has two, and I thought about getting him in there, but he's had also had yeah. quite a bit of losing seasons. But I think if I was fair, I think Rivera belongs in that tier two, or we break a tier three, and tier two goes Carroll and um, and uh, Harbaugh, and then tier three is McDermott, Shanahan, um, McVay, and, and Rivera, where they've been to Super mm-hmm. Bowls but haven't gotten the win. Um, I, I think I think Rivera would be ahead of Arians, Lafleur, Floor. Yeah, you know, I like the tiered ranking system there. And for me, my list goes: uh, Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, Mike Tomlin, John Harbaugh, Sean Payton, yep. Kyle Shanahan, yep. Sean McVay, and then I have Matt Lafleur there, Mike. 
Over yeah, Carroll. Yeah, just I feel what has since their loss in the Super Bowl. I mean, I know that Seattle has been to the playoffs, but they haven't really played in a very meaningful playoff game. That's fair. I I I think as a bigger resume, I think I'd put two Carol seasons in. The floor is only two mm-hmm. two seasons in. I I also feel like Vrabel Rivera, maybe uh, because Vrabel's young like him, but he's 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 done really well in his years, and he won it. He made an AFC yeah. Championship once already. But you know, Lafleur's done it two straight years, so I think that's fair to put Lafleur over Vrabel actually, and I have them in the same tier. But I think I think Carroll and Rivera might deserve to be a little bit higher, but uh, Lafleur's been in two years and been to two NFC Championship games, so you know I can't really knock him. He he's he's done a good job, and uh, he's had the great quarterback, but his teams haven't been like elite weapon wise. So he's done a good right. Job and now you you were talking system. about uh, Russell Wilson and the and the weapons that he has. I just kind of I feel like Pete Carroll is a good coach, but. Does he elevate his team? I know he puts his team in a position to succeed, but what? How does he elevate them? I feel like Matt Lafleur has elevated the Green Bay offense. Yeah, I think the last couple of years with the uh, let Russ cook debate compared to the very conservative debate has hurt Pete Carroll, but he's won so much with mm-hmm. playing great defense and running the ball that uh, that you know he may be holding back his, his elite quarterback by doing that. Cause when Russ was yeah. kicking, they were killing early in the year. And that was with a defense that was just atrocious. So as they went and tried to hide the defense more and, and kind of made Russ be conservative, mm-hmm. I think the team got worse. So yeah, maybe there's an, argument. yeah, you know, and I like that you had Ron Rivera there because I know you, you mentioned that he went to the Super Bowl but didn't win it. I know that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was also on that Bears team as a uh, was it a defensive coordinator that went to a Super Bowl and lost to to Peyton Manning that year. But he's had some success, and he, but you also mentioned the the losing seasons he's had as a as a head coach, and he's not really a splashy guy. He's not really an offensive minded guy. So you know maybe I didn't um, I didn't look at his uh, resume hard enough to. Uh, you know, can consider putting adding him to this list, but I just feel like you know, you think about Mike Tomlin and John Harbaugh. Well, they're they're never, you know, Mike Tomlin has had some good offenses, but John Harbaugh's always been kind of a hard nosed, defensive minded coach, and you, you see the that he's made the uh, the effort to to kind of be more of a modern style NFL um, head coach. You know, running good offenses and things like that. So, and I, we haven't really seen seen that from Ron Rivera. So, I, maybe that's kind of what what kept him out of the, my uh, my top ten. Cowboys keep going Cowboys centric since this is a Cowboys Mm -hmm. pod. I remember when Garrett got fired. I wanted more of a flashy hire, but I said if they're going to go with an established head coach because they think they're right there and they don't want to, you know, go through growing pains. I said I would have took Rivera over Mike Mike McCarthy. So you know whether that turns out good, bad, indifferent, whatever, um, that shows the respect I have because Mike McCarthy's won a Super Bowl and Mm -hmm. been to like four championship games. And I give them more credit than most where they say, they say, you know, like, well, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, he only did one Super Bowl, you know, um, and, and he lost a bunch of championship games and they knock him for that. 
I, I don't. I think Mike McCarthy's a fine coach. This isn't a knock on McCarthy statement. This is just showing how much I respect Ron Rivera, that I would have took Ron Rivera over Mike McCarthy. And I think that ended up me mm. blocking John Henderson on Twitter yeah. or him blocking me, one of the two. I believe it had to do with a conversation coming from Rivera to, uh, to um, uh, Mike McCarthy, comparing the two. And I was on Rivera's side, and he was on McCarthy's side, and it ended up... Uh, wow, man, that must have been a pretty sure. heated debate if it uh, led to you getting blocked. Yeah, you, and you know, Nick probably remembers it more um, than than I do fully, but I remember he blocked me, and I was yeah. like, I'll live. You know, those Twitter debates can, can get hot and heavy pretty quickly, Mike. Yeah, I typically don't block too many people. Um, Eric Roth finally got it, and then the bear wisdom when he went at Dalton. But I don't block too many of my Cowboys fans, yeah. faithful. I'll block other teams, but Cowboys fans, I typically don't because I like the back and forth. But, um, but yeah, you know, Mike, I'm not gonna lie, uh, I'm gonna go off the show sheet just for a second here, but I'm kind of getting a little tired of the uh Kyle Pitts at 10 talk for the Cowboys, man. Well, I, and the thing is, and I heard, you know, people want to mute that and stuff. And mm-hmm. I don't want Kyle Pitts at 10. I, I really, I have no interest in that. I got into a thing about, well, if the cornerbacks are gone, yeah. and you have to go offense, take Kyle Pitts at 10 over the offensive tackle. Because mm-hmm. I just want the better ranked player. And Schlater's fine. You know, he's an okay pick at 10. But right. Kyle Pitts is like a top five mm-hmm. guy. Like same with Jamar Chase. So I try to tell yeah. people, like, I don't want him. What, uh, what I'm saying is your defense is out and you got to give an offensive guy. Well, give me the best offensive guy and I'll take the tight end over the tackle because I don't want to draft for need. And I went back and forth and it was me and Dan. And I kept going, I'm on your side, Dan. I don't want a tight end. when Because he kept going, yeah, but our defense sucks. So I was like, no, mm-hmm. I agree. I want the defender. I'm just saying – you know, uh, if if you're forcing me to take the cornerbacks are gone and you're forcing me to go offense, don't give me the offensive lineman. But I, that I don't think is as good a prospect right. as a Jamar Chase or a Kyle Pitt. So, you know, or trade back. He was like, well, of trade course. back. I was like, yes, please trade back. You know, I'm saying mm-hmm. you're stuck. Nobody wants to trade. Cornerbacks are gone. It's Cal Pitts, Jamar Chase, or 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 a offensive tackle yeah. not named Penny Swell. Give me the better player, and I think that's Cal Pitts or Jamar Chase. That's all. When I get into the Pitts, the, the Pitts conversation, I know our boy Elton likes Pitts. Mm-hmm. He'll take him over a cornerback. That's not me. I, I I love the prospect. I don't want the tight end. I don't believe it's a, a premium position. I don't even care if we need one. Forget Jarwin and Schultz. I just don't think the position's premium enough to take top 10. I'll get them somewhere else. Uh, it, it'll be fine. We'll build them up. Look what Schultz was. Schultz was a third-round pick or a fifth-round fifth pick or something like that that nobody knew he could do anything. He had a spot start, and he looked great. He should have made the Pro Bowl. So I'm not looking to get a tight end. I'm with you. I only get into the arguments of, of look, you can have a good mm-hmm. draft if you're stuck with Pitts at 10. Pitts at 10. You could still have a good draft. And he's okay if your other pick is is 
not as good a player and you can't get a defensive guy or trade back then take you know it's funny because uh, before the season ended and everything we were just kind of hoping to to be right in this range you know 10 to 15 in order to make a trade back and things like that and here we are and the prospects that tend to fall up to pick 10 aren't aren't either not very appealing or don't have the upside or are offensive guys so it's kind of a tricky spot to be in this year It is. Tra- tra- yeah. If one of the two cornerbacks are there, they get them. I mean, it's a no-brainer. If not, I think they're going to look to trade back and hope that a that a uh, quarterback falls and they can. If that doesn't happen, I do believe they'll go, they will go offensive tackle over mm-hmm. the pass catcher. They will because um, they're a team that's shown that they'll pick need over best player available um, quite often, I remember uh, the year they got Hill and picked McGovern. The next, the next pick, they were like, "Well, we had McGovern higher on your board." And I'm like, "Well, what the mm-hmm. fuck did you pick the defensive tackle for then?" You know, it just that that their mindset of that it can sometimes be bad because it leads to bad picks because they don't take the best player. They would rather like, "Well, this guy's good and he's a need, so we'll take that and hope it works out." And I, I hate that style of draft, <laughs> and I've. Gotten us off track. We've turned into a Cowboys. Well, Mike, speaking of bad picks, I had the uh, Ravens beating the Buffalo Bills over the weekend. And, of course, we we know what happened there. But what were your thoughts on that game? Lamar Jackson's got to get better as thrower. He's he's got to. He just has to. That that running stuff is great in the regular season. It reminds me of um, of, uh, basketball, like, you get a team that's great running the regular season, then it becomes a half-court defensive game matchup thing, and they can't do it. And that—that that is the Ravens. If Lamar throws the ball like that or doesn't markedly improve, then then you're going to have trouble winning with him. It's such a limited. It's it's worse than golf because you know you you've golf can make plays when need be if your defense is great and not turning the ball over this and that. Lamar Jackson's got to show he can make throws and make play. I mean, he was missing guys like Brown running wide open. He's missing them. He, 14 for 24, 162 yards, no touchdowns, interception, 55.7 QBR. That's bad. And that's with everyone trying to stop the run. So you're mm-hmm. talking Tebow versus the Steelers. Play them one-on-one outside. Do not let them run. Make us make it, them beat us passing. And Tebow is able to beat the Steelers mm-hmm. doing that, you know, with that style. And and Lamar's only won one playoff game, and he's had more years than Tebow did. Tebow got one playoff run, and he won the game. Yeah. And he got annihilated by, by New England, you know. And he's so much more limited than Lamar is because Lamar brings so much more running the ball. But that has got to improve because this is a game they could have had if he throws at all, they can win this mm-hmm. game because the defense played up. Uh, Buffalo decided we're not going to run. We know you want to stop the run, so we're just going to pass it every down. And the Ravens held him to three points at half. I mean, that is a game Lamar Jackson has to be able to win, and he's just not able to the way he passes the ball. And that would make me very, very nervous because he's too good at everything else to where you draft early because he's going to win you so many games because he can just do the other stuff better. And, and he's going to win with the defense you have and the way he can run the ball. You're going to win too many games to draft early to get impactful players, but then he's not going to 
pass well enough to really be in contention to win a Super Bowl. And so you're stuck in that in-between where you're going to pay him a ton of money so you can't use cap value to improve your team and you're not going to be drafting high enough to improve your team, but you're not going to win with that style. So it throws you right into a conundrum of being just good enough to, you know, you're not bad enough, but you're not good enough either. So it, yeah, this game was know, definitely disappointing for me and it was a defensive battle early. So it wasn't very exciting either. And then Lamar gets hurt and it was over after that. It was definitely disappointing to see Lamar go out like that and not be able to finish the game. I was uh, disappointed for sure. Uh, this game was I was most looking forward to because I thought Lamar had a real shot to go to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, he, he they had the team for it, and they had the team for it. The defense is there. Um, the tight end's good. The running back's good enough. Um, I don't. We're going to get into it further. I don't love the receivers, but. Brown Brown beat a couple guys, and, and mm-hmm. he went shit. He went four for eighty-seven on seven targets, and that's with miss being missed twice when he got open deep. That could have easily been touchdown. So it makes it it makes it tough if you're if your guy can't get the rudimentary plays and playoff football where it's so close. You got to be able to hit those, and, and Lamar. Just Mike, wasn't are able the Bills to... a legit? Are the Bills legit, or are they benefiting from a weak AFC conference? I have to say they're legit because I think they're Super Bowl contenders. And if I look at you and think, well, you have a chance against even Kansas mm-hmm. City with Mahomes, I think they have a shot. I wouldn't pick them, but I think they have a shot. And if they played um, uh, Tampa, I definitely pick them. If Tampa can get by Green Bay. And if they played Green Bay, I think they'd have a shot. I wouldn't pick them, but I think they'd have a shot. And if you have a legitimate shot at a Super Bowl where you're going into the game going, yeah, they can win this mm-hmm. against any of the right. three teams left, I think you're legit. Um, so, so, you know, the quarterback's good. They got a number one wide receiver who's yeah. gotten better as he went from Cousins to Allen. Uh, their defense hasn't been as good this year, but they have a lot of – players that you know can make mm-hmm. there two years ago they were elite defense and they have a lot of the same players uh, especially on their back end so uh, oddly like enough it's it's a bit of both for me mike and this is the first year in how many years new england didn't make the playoffs big ben showed his age this year and a lot of elite teams in the afc are starting to fade because their quarterbacks are age veterans uh, that being said, when you look at josh allen stefan diggs and sean mcdermott they deserve a lot of credit for the year that they've had and I wouldn't be mad to see them uh, have a chance to play in the Super Bowl. Yeah, me neither. Especially if if Mahomes is is going to be compromised or out or whatever. I think we talked yeah. about it. You know, they're saying it's a pinch nerve now. That's a way to get him out of this, so people won't freak out when he plays and say they don't care mm-hmm. about the health of the players or anything like that. You get out ahead of it, you know, and say, "Oh, it's a pinch nerve." Um, and uh, and and then you can get them to play because they're not going to lose out on that revenue. You know they'll they'll get somebody to sign off of it. And and they, we want we want Mahomes versus Allen. We want to see who the best is. And and uh, it, it's tough, man, because I like the idea of like a team that hasn't won in forever getting there and stuff. But part of me just wants green, you know, yeah. Mahomes versus versus Rogers. So is Sean McDermott the head coach of the year? Easily, no question. I I had Peyton mm-hmm. early when he had Taysom Hill and was winning, 
but he's falling off. And then I had Flores. I mean, Flores won what ten games with that, but the 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 QB thing soured me towards him. He would be the close second, but the taking your QB, your young QB out in those situations to put in the guy like. And now you're going into your picks and people are talking about where's two of the guy. Well, yeah, because you didn't give him a chance to play out of his funk as a rookie. The minute you throw him in there, that's it. That's your decision. You know what? I'm not going to get off on this rant. We're talking Cowboys. McDermott is coach of the year. I'm putting him over. I'm not going to do it. Anthony Betts going to get mad at me and I'm not going to let it happen. So yes, McDermott. You know, I feel like Anthony is like the the boss of the show because we want to make sure to to stay on the show sheet, stay on topic, just to make sure that he listens and that he's happy. Mike. Here's the thing: he's been with us, like Frankie and them, from the beginning. He's been on every episode, and he always will comment, mm-hmm. like, "Hey, this is what I like, this is what I don't like." So he's real, and I know that other fans are thinking that, and since he'll say it. I feel like he speaks for the fans. So when I go off on a tangent yeah. about food or about something that's off topic, I think, hey, remember, your audience wants you to stay on topic. And so um, I, I try to do that. So he's like the voice of the fans. So when I say Anthony Betts, I'm saying that I don't want the fans to turn off. Yeah, I'll have to say I definitely appreciate Anthony and all of our day one guys who who ride or die with the show and, you know, have been with us from the beginning all the way to now. And Anthony Betts has probably been the the one the the one fan of the show who has commented the most and said, like you said, what he's liked and he doesn't he doesn't like. So I definitely appreciate that. Yep. Yep, I remember. I, I, I'm i not going to get on it because it's going to get off topic. McDermott, coach of the year. Even Anthony, <laughs> a topic about Anthony could upset him. So uh, Mike, I'm right there with you. I don't see why, why Sean McDermott wouldn't be the coach of the year. When you look at the Bills and what they've been able to do in the regular season and you look at where they are now, he's only in his fourth year there and he has the team in the AFC title game and in the playoffs for the third time in four years. Yeah, he, he's killing it, and he keeps elevating them. He keeps getting what they need, and they keep getting better. Yes, I, I think sir. It's easy. I think well, it's Mikey, you kind of touched on it there a little bit, but are the Ravens a wide receiver away from being contenders, or does Lamar's accuracy issues prevent the Raven prevent the Ravens from being an elite offense? I'll uh, I'll make it quick because I kind of went over it earlier. This is a Lamar problem. Um, you can always improve. It doesn't mean he has to stick with the receivers we have. They can mm-hmm. use a big body receiver like a younger Dez type. But, I mean, Brown was getting open. And I'm not even a big fan of Brown. But Hollywood Brown was getting open and getting missed. And then if you look at it, mm-hmm. like, he missed the open receiver. He throws the pick six. Like, he threw it right to the guy and, and returned it for a touchdown. That kind of ended the game. So, for me, it's going to be more about Lamar improving than what's around him. If he doesn't improve, doesn't matter really what they get. Um, it won't be enough to uh, to to do the oh, job. Oh, Micah, I think I'm, Baltimore I'm is a wide receiver away from being an elite offense. I know Lamar wasn't seeing the field very well Saturday night, but he was under a lot of pressure. And what what we've seen personally with Dak Prescott and now Josh Josh Allen, what a sure wide receiver one can do for quarterback and lead offense. Uh, I'd like to see what Lamar can do with a, a true wide receiver one. That's fair. Uh, you, you know, uh, uh, I, I would say, though, that I don't believe Allen, Allen maybe, but I don't believe Dak was ever 
as bad as Lamar has been in some of these without even with having the lower uh, wide receivers. Mm-hmm. I, you know, he didn't have the accuracy issues Lamar had. But um, Allen, Allen made a big leap because when he was coming out, I didn't think he would be accurate enough with his big arm. And as he's gone, and then, like you said, he got a guy like Diggs, and now you're talking mm-hmm. like he's third in MVP or fourth, depending on if you want to allow a running back in, which I do. So I would have him fourth. No, third, because I think he did better than Mahomes this year. So he's top three in MVP. So, yeah, you know, maybe they they he proves me wrong if he gets a real true number one to go with the speedster like Hollywood Brown and Andrews. Maybe he could uh, uh, be a better uh, quarterback. I, I, well, I let's move right along, that. Mike, and we're going to talk about the Browns-Chiefs game. What were your thoughts on that one? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. uh, Browns are close. They're close. They ran into a champion. They ran into a team that had experience from last year's title. They ran into Reed, who has tons of experience. Um, they ran into a team that is a juggernaut. And they stayed right with them, 17-22. Now, granted, you know, uh, 22 minutes of the game, Mahomes is out. And I understand that. But um, they showed – Kansas City showed their championship medal. But I believe that that uh, that the Browns mm-hmm. are closer than offensive we think. Line. They've got the coach. They've got the uh, offensive line. Uh, and, and what's that? Yep, they got the O-line. And, and we're going to kind of get into the quarterback mm-hmm. here in a bit. But I think they have the weapons. Um, I think their defense has the building blocks. So we'll um, we'll we'll talk about it because we talk about the Browns too. So I don't want to get too much into it to, to where I get ahead of myself. But what I pulled away from that game is Chandler, Johnny, uh, Mike, uh, Bo should all be excited because the the team could be something. Uh, you know, Mike, I'm right there with you. This is a close game and a competitive game. I thought their first second when Mahomes was ruled out for the rest of the game that Cleveland was about to upset the Chiefs. But Andy Reid is just too good. And, you know, you, you touched on it there that uh, the Browns ran into a, uh, a heavyweight contender. But, you know, this was a, this was a good game. It, it would have been nice to see, kind of see how the, it would have went had Mahomes not been injured. I'm not trying to take anything away from Cleveland. But I would have liked to see a full game of Baker going head-to-head with Mahomes, you know. I'll throw another one at you. I'd love to see, and I'm I'm not an overly fan of this person. You know, I, I don't really need him. Mm. I like Cooper's better, but put OBJ on this team where where yeah. not only does he open it up for everything else and the running game, but he's a big play away. You know, he could put 10 board, points on the board just on his ability to open up Landry, mm-hmm. open up the run game, open up Uber, and then he hits a big play. So, you know, people forget about him. I, I, I really hope that the team built up this year and now they're ready and, and, and they keep OBJ next year. And, and man, that they could be really good. I'm not saying they win a Super Bowl, but the, the AFC title game, you know, another step could be in their future next year. Absolutely. How they draft well, Mike, they you know, uh, Baker Mayfield, he was a guy we talked about a little bit in the offseason. Did he prove that he's a franchise quarterback with the season that he had? Okay. He proved that he deserves another year to, to go for it. I think he's a dead on 50, 50. Mm-hmm. I am dead on the fence with him. I think, he, I think as easily I could be convinced he's a franchise quarterback is as easily. I could be convinced that he'll be a bust and that Cleveland should 
should, you know, look elsewhere now because they have a team and, and Baker could be the one holding them back. Uh, Baker has that mentality and the tools mm-hmm. to be a guy that carries the team. Like he, like right now, when you think of him, you think Nick Chubb, you think Miles Garrett, but I believe if he took another step, um, that he could be a guy that, that you could go, Oh yeah, Baker. Like I see that I see flashes of that where I don't really see that with Jared Goff. Um, I see flashes of that with Baker Mayfield. So I'm 50, 50 on him. So I'm going to say he definitely deserves, nobody should be talking about him not being the guy right now. So, and and I think that's a fair statement. If people don't want to make him the franchise guy, I totally get that. He could show more, but I think if anybody's going, Oh, he's not the guy, then I would disagree with him. I, I think he definitely has the shot and deserves a year to, to, to see. Oh, Baker definitely answered a lot of system. questions this year for me, Mike. The passing attack in Cleveland really got off to a slow start early in the year, but we saw later in the season what they what they can be. I do think Baker Mayfield is a quarterback you can build around and win with. So for me, uh, I do think that he is a franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. I'm, yeah. I'm not there yet, but I don't disagree yeah. with you. I'm not fully on that side of the fence yet. But I, but I believe he can be. I would be more if you made me. I would be more. I would lean more towards you than mm. somebody you said. Now we gotta get rid of him. Now I'd be like, oh no, no, no. I want to see another year with Stavansky. Because honestly, Kirk Cousins did the same thing. He stunk for weeks, and people wanted to be traded, and Thielen was pissed. And then all of a sudden, he he mm. he, he blew up when yeah. he finally hit and he got it. And I feel like Baker had the same thing. It took him a little bit to get into it, but then he blew blew up there towards the end and. And I think he played fine in the playoff games. Like, I didn't have any issues with him. He didn't kill the team. He wasn't an issue. And uh, with that running game and stuff, uh, we're going to talk about the future of Cleveland right now. But but I, I like Baker. I, I think I would – I think I'm on the fence, but but leaning in the You know, Mike, you were starting to talk about it a franchise. bit earlier. Uh, what to you keeps the Browns from being an elite team? Damn you. That's what I have to. Experience. <laughs> That's totally fine. Oh, did I take no, yours? You know well, what, man? What? It's you know what, Paul, Go ahead. You, I think next year, it. I think we'll see if everybody can stay healthy, and I think we we will see the the uh, them be in the discussion for top three team in the AFC. That that's really that's all I've got. Mm-hmm. No, yep. that's um, they got weapons glory. They have a great run game. They have a head a good head coach who's shown to be good. They have a borderline franchise quarterback. They have an elite mm-hmm. edge rusher, which you need. I mean, a game-changing edge rusher. And they got cornerbacks that can make plays. I, I like both cornerbacks. I like Greedy and I like Ward. So they have pieces everywhere. Uh, you know, they, they are built to where if they hit the right areas in the draft, and it's nice because they don't have to reach anywhere. They don't, you know, some teams, damn, we really need an edge rusher. You know, when we lost to Marcus Ware, uh, I saw a tweet talking about it today where they were like, just trying to get Michael Sam and sign Greg Hardy and do we need this? They don't need that. They don't have any spot where they're like, man, we better. But if the if the best guy on the on the thing is an offensive lineman, fine, yeah. take him. If it's a linebacker, take him. If it's a defensive tackle, take him. Ideally, they'd love to get an edge across from Miles Garrett. But if you get an average edge and put him across from Miles Garrett, he's going to be better. Look what Tank did for Quinn. You know, it's just when you have a guy like that, he opens up everything. So 
you know, if they were to get a edge uh, opposite Miles Garrett in this draft at the end of the first, a Jalen Phillips, a uh, Ol- Jalari or Olajari, I always mix that up if I'm not seeing it. Um, and Owe, who developed into into a good one. If they got anything like that, oh, my mm-hmm. Lord. Just experience. Work in the system more. Try to keep your defensive coordinator, unless you can improve, but try to keep the same scheme that you guys can work together. Work this system more. Get Baker more experience. And you know, one thing about and this I team, Mike, I think really, that the really uh, the energy, energy and effort and all that, I think that starts with Baker Mayfield and – I think after getting his first taste of playoff experience and seeing kind of how everything went down, you know, we you think about that play to Rashard Higgins that call that was the touchback and the the missed helmet to helmet call and you know he, Baker strikes me as somebody who kind of listens to the negative talk to use it as motivation. I feel like the uh, the Browns are going to be hungry next year and we could take them we could see them take that next step. I do too. If uh, if there if the odds were right, if they gave me good odds, I don't bet anymore. But I, you could put a a, mm-hmm. a good little bet on on Brown's yeah. AFC title game if the odds were right, you know. And that's that's not a terrible bet. Now you got to get good odds, you know. I'm not just making a bet to make a bet. But you look at with Kansas City, Buffalo, um, uh, the guys that you know, uh, Chargers up and coming with with Herbert and stuff. Uh, there's Ravens. There's a chance that you can get really good odds on Cleveland because the name has such a de- the Browns. Browns aren't going to be any good that you can get good odds on them, and mm-hmm. it's not a bad play because they hit the draft absolutely right. This well, you year, know, we're going to talk a little bit out. about the Chiefs here, Mike. And if Patrick Mahomes can't play next week, can the Chiefs win with Chad Henney? I wouldn't pick them. Uh, I, I don't think so. No, I'll, I'll make it short and sweet. You know, we, we have another game to get into. I, I don't believe they can. I, I think bills are really good and they're they They would be, have a hard time with Kansas city versus Mahomes, but with Henny, it would take an extraordinary effort. And I just know Mike, I'm, I'm going to go opposite really of you. Team. Andy Reid is, is so good. I really, I honestly think that he could beat the Buffalo bills with Chad Henny. What's that? Who'd you pick? Who would I pick? Oh, uh, if Chad Henney was named the starter, you know, just being a betting man and always like uh, like taking that gamble and being a a sucker for the underdog, man, I'd pick the Chiefs. Wowzer. All right. Well, on that subject, we can agree to disagree, but. I, I get the logic though. Andy Greed's a, a a monster. I just I think Buffalo's really good. I think it's more of a pro Buffalo because I think they can compete with Mahomes and with Kansas City's team. Almost nobody should compete with Mahomes. So I, I think got it's a you. more pro. Buffalo uh, Mike, talk to us a little uh, bit about the Bucks and Saints game. Sign Dak mm-hmm. Prescott. That's what I took out of that game. The NFC has a 36-year-old Aaron Rodgers who has Josh Love, a first-round pick, nipping in his heels. And if Green Bay is going to trade him, they're going to send him to the AFC. And the, the, the rest of the NFC is what? How'd Russell Wilson look? How about these guys? 200 yards and two TDs was the winning quarterback. The losing quarterback and 134 yards and three interceptions. And they were both considered better than Dak by most going into the year. Like, 
the the NFC mm-hmm. is weak at quarterback, like horrendously weak. Sign Dak Prescott. So that's what I took out of that, and I will let that lead. You, you know, right just to share my thoughts on the game, I thought it was question. a good game. Definitely not exciting. <laughs> if this was Breeze's last game, it sucks to see him go out that way. But overall, I thought this game was good, and uh, it just lacked the excitement. Well, you know, leading to my next question, Mike, why do you hate older quarterbacks? <laughs> the, be, well, mm-hmm. one, they're allowed to hang around longer because of the watered-down rules of the league. So, like, uh, a Breeze, Br- Drew Brees and Tom Brady would not be in this league if it was 10 years ago. They're, they're terrible, guys. They're terrible. They're allowed to stay in because you can't touch your quarterback. You can't touch any receivers. You can't do anything. So if you if they can get the ball away quick, you know, they could do their little short route stuff and, and hang around long enough and, and the defense is good enough and they stay in it. But like look at that game. Did you did you think you were watching? Was that a good game to watch? Like really? Did you sit there and like like look at the other mm-hmm. games that you saw, except for maybe Lamar, but he's exciting on the run. Like the offense is just not exciting watching those kind of quarterbacks play. It just it, – it, for me, it just isn't. I just don't get excited about – Drew Brees can't throw the – and they know it. They know Drew Brees can't throw the ball 10 yards. So they, the reason they have three interceptions is because everybody's like, just Michael, – Michael Thomas had no catches, nothing. Because teams, when they get in the playoffs, they're like, well, let's watch the tape. Oh, yeah, Drew Brees never throws it deep. And Tom Brady throws it deep all the time uh, in that system. He's, I will mm-hmm. say, he's better than most at that age. You got to give him credit. He is, you know, he, he threw the ball deep a lot this year and, and he's better than most. But if you play anytime he's rushed, he's the 31st ranked quarterback under the rush. He was 32nd last year. So if you get anywhere near them, he, he's horrible. He's just a horrible quarterback. If you give him three seconds to throw and you can't touch the receivers and, and get on them, then, then he can throw the short routes and get it and set up a big play and stuff like that. You know, he, he reads the defense as well. But it's just sorry football, like 200 yards and two touchdowns. That was the winning quarterback. And they scored 30 points. So everybody's like, well, they put up 30 points. Yeah, because the other guy gave it to them. They had four turnovers. That was their, t- that was their p- points. Four turnovers led to three touchdowns and a field goal. That's 24 of the 30 points. Like it, it, it's just, I just, that's why the aging, they, they, and then they, they get on loaded teams and they get, they get inflated. Like, because, because they are all time great hall of famers. When they, when they start to play bad, it becomes like a thing. You can't talk about them. Like, like when you say like, well, Dak's better than Tom Brady and Drew Brees. What? Drew Brees? Mm-hmm. Six Super Bowls. This, I go, yeah, a few years ago. That's fine. But he's, they're not Aaron Rodgers right now. Like, Aaron Rodgers 36. He's not 40. He's not considered, like, old like that. In, in three or four more years, I'm sure I'll be going, okay, mm-hmm. let, you know, Aaron Rodgers, the arm's not there. Let's, you know, let's see. Because with the rules, you know, he's been able to not be hit for years. So, you know, he may not have the wear and tear. But I just hate old quarterbacks because, one, they wouldn't be around if it wasn't for watered-down league rules that allows them to be in it. And then, and then two, they're not great and they're inflated because of their careers, you know? And so you look at the old, like Philip Rivers, Big Ben, Drew Brees, 
terrible. They played terrible football. And Steelers went 11 and 0. And everybody's like, well, look at them. They went 11 and 0. I'm like, their quarterback was horrible. I'm sorry. There's a reason they went out right away. Mm-hmm. Phillip Rivers went out right away. They have good teams around them. Bring in the veteran quarterback who can hold the, the, the team over. You know, you're basically hoping for a golf situation. Well, maybe these guys in clutch situations could be better than golf. And they're in the same thing we talked about with golf. Good run game, good play caller, good defense. Now the old-ass quarterback can do something. But the minute it comes down to them, want, want. Like, we'll see. Here comes Green Bay. And then and then here comes the, the – now you got the guys in their prime. Allen, young, prime. Mahomes, young, prime. Aaron Rodgers, still right there, teetering prime. You know, let's see how the Brady's and them hang hang on against those teams because they were getting eliminated before this. You know, there's a reason. Yeah, my guy. Um, I don't. I don't have as much disdain for older quarterbacks as you do. But when you look at the uh, what they do on the field, you're talking about Philip Rivers, Big Ben, Drew Brees. You make really good points. I mean, they just they had really good teams around him, really good defenses around him, and and uh, you know Philip Rivers had the good run game, and Drew Brees has Alvin Kamara. They just uh, they're they're not who they used to be, and be, like you also like you mentioned, because of the rules of the game now, where quarterbacks can't be touched, they they've lasted longer than they probably should. Uh, but again, you know, I, I like to see um, you know Tom Brady. You mentioned him; he looks better than a lot of these older guys, and even so, he even looks as good or better than some of the younger guys in the league as well. Yeah, that you know you you. If you put them, I just look at it this way: put put other quarterbacks on a team with Antonio Brown, Evans, four running backs, four tight ends Mm -hmm. that are good, and one of the best offensive line in in football, and see if they don't play better than Brady did. Like uh, I can name ten of them easily that would be dropped into this system and play better than Brady has. But you know, I think Bo said it perfectly when we were texting about it because mm-hmm. they, you guys were getting on me about the old quarterbacks. He goes, yeah, but who replaces them? And, and that's a good point. You know, there's not a lot of great QBs, and that's another reason that they get to hang around for a lot longer is it's such a crapshoot at QB. Would you rather just go with Brady and stick him on a loaded team yeah. and see what happens? NFC, they're in the NFC Championship. Mm-hmm. You know, these teams, all the old quarterbacks I was talking about made the playoffs. So, you know, you're, you're in the tournament, you're giving him a shot, or do you want to try the crap shoot of a Jacoby yeah. Brissett or a Tyrod Taylor or a rookie quarterback, you know? So I understand why they're there. It, I just think it irritates me that they, they get on these teams, they hang around, and then people are like, oh, yeah, they're great, this and that. And I'm like, dude, you throw half these young guys into the situation oh my they're God. in. It'd be like to put Deshaun yeah. Watson on Tampa yeah. Bay. Absolutely. Uh, Tampa is Bay is Drew Brees a top 10 all-time QB of your generation, Mike? I do have him in there. Um, of guys I've seen, which I was born in 80. So I've got uh, – these are pretty close to my order, but not exactly because as it went down, I, I started remembering some and had to put them in, but – Elway, Montana, Manning, Brady, Marino, Moon, Breeze, Aikman, Favre, Rogers would be ten, and then Fouts would also be. I caught, I caught some of Fouts, but that would be my eleven, um, and Breeze would be in there in in the. Yeah, I'm right five. there with you as well, Mike. I won't go over my list because we're kind of getting close to it, but uh, you know, as we're moving along, 
Did watching Devin White's yeah. performance show you that Dallas should draft a linebacker early? <laughs> nope. Does uh does <laughs> yeah, no. Does Dallas have uh, Vita right. Vea, Sue, McClendon up front? I know Ve- Vita mm-hmm. is hurt now, but, you know, they, they protect their linebackers. They understand the value of getting guys that keep the linebackers clean and allows them to make plays. Um, you know, how about Winfield Jr.? You know, I'd love them to take a day two safety. Winfield Jr. looks great. I would much rather have that than the, the day one linebacker. Um so if you're asking me what I what I noticed is get the day two safety mm-hmm. and 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 get defensive tackles that protect the linebackers and then we'll see we'll see what happens at linebacker. But no, I don't I don't need an off ball linebacker in the top ten. There's also not a Devin White. Michael Parsons is nice. He's not the prospect. I got you. Devin White. Oh, uh, for me, it showed me how a good linebacker himself. can improve a defense and be a difference maker when the other parts of your defense aren't having very good games. I mean, I, I, you know, and I shouldn't say aren't having very good games because obviously there was a lot that goes into those um, opportunities being there for for uh, Devin White. So, you know, I, uh, I, I, uh, you know, I don't want to misspeak there, but when I look at Jalen Smith and LVE. I think they are capable of doing that. We actually saw it in 2018. However, you know, will Jalen and LVE be in Dallas in 2023 is the question for me. And I do think Dallas should target a linebacker, you know, definitely not on day one, but maybe even on day two when they, uh, with one of their third round comp picks, or if, you know, if we're talking about drafting the best player available and a, a linebacker is, is on the top of their board and when the second round pick, well, why not? Because I, Looks like this draft has depth at linebacker, and they have uh, some linebackers in this draft who have traits of being high-level performers. I love a round two linebacker. I would take any of Collins, Mm -hmm. Bolton, Surratt, uh, uh, Browning. yeah, maybe not day two for for Cameron uh, McGrone, but but day three, maybe if we traded back, maybe I don't know if we got an extra two, but yeah, I would love a linebacker, and then um, it, it leaves you the exactly. option of if you want to get out of the Jalen contract. Well, no, my guys, we're wrapping line. things up. I got to ask. Um, you could do. Do that. you know which one of these questions was my wife's and not mine? Oh shoot. Uh hmm. I will go. Hey, damn. No, that, that's a good a guess, but no, that is not it. I uh, uh her question was can um Which if Patrick Mahomes can't play next week, can the Chiefs win with Chad Henney? Babe, do you believe oh, that the uh, Chiefs could win with Chad Henney? Does she believe that that's true? No. No, she does not. <laughs> She's smarter than I am, Mike. Good job. There you go. Yes, sir. There's no doubt about that. I'll, yep, I'll, we know I'm happy to admit that, that for sure. Family. You know, Mike, as we're getting out of here, we haven't talked uh, about a rookie prospect in a little while. Is there one that's caught your eye lately? James Wiggins, free safety, Cincinnati. Um, I love him here. I, I would love to get him. Uh, six foot two, two hundred five. He's one of the freak prospects. There's a 
there's a thing you could look up about mm-hmm. about freak prospects, kind of size, speed, DK Metcalf type thing. And he is a four four speed, thirty five inch vert. He did seven twenty five on the squat. He benched two twenty five eighteen times. Um, in twenty eighteen, he had three walk off touchdowns. That's the tape I started on with him. Uh, he had three games where he had walk off interceptions. Pardon me three different games in 2018 so you know he can come up with a play in the clutch he got hurt in 2019 mm-hmm. um which of course is always a worry but he came back in 2020 played fine um and uh i just love him as a free safety for quinn and i feel like he he is a will a little wilson like because he could do both but i think wilson shades to strong safety more and he shades to free safety more but it allows them to be a little interchangeable. So, so most of the time you line up normal, but if you want to fool somebody, you can switch their spots mm-hmm. up and they would be okay with Wilson at free and him and strong to, to like to do a blitz or to mix up a coverage or something. Uh, it allows them to do that. So I, I would look at James uh, Wiggins from Cincinnati. I really like his tape. I'd really like to get him um, on the team. I think he has the, He's the best um, uh, floor ceiling mix. Like I know he's going to be good, but he's he's like a Sertan. Now, obviously not a top ten pick, but Sertan. I walk in and I go, if I plug him in, I know he could play, and I also think he could be excellent. But I'm not worried about him being a bust where I would be with Andre mm-hmm. Cisco or 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 you know some of those. I would worry about them busting out a Reed Blankenship. You know, uh, I, I know Wiggins will be a solid starter. His oh, floor yeah. is Xavier Woods. So he could come in as a rookie and be Xavier Woods. And then he has the potential. Yeah, I like to, to hear that. And you talk about those uh, workout metrics, man. That's uh, so I like that. when you get a side speed uh, specimen like that, man. If you can have an opportunity to add him to your team, you know, hopefully Dallas will pull the trigger there. I would love that, and and he could be a three four round guy. You know, you could get him at with your. Uh, oh man, the, I love uh, to hear that. The, the well, Mike, I know we're getting close to it. As always, I enjoy the discussion. Before we get out of here, remind everybody where they can find you out on Twitter. <laughs> Mister Mushu, <laughs> Paul Ryan. Nice you can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan fifteen. <laughs> we appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.